let's just get into it then because yeah <laughs> so uh if you haven't listened to the previous episodes of the podcast we talk about a lot of different things from like dinotopia to dating um and we're two good friends who met on farm um, but this is going to be a long episode that's kind of why i wanted to jump right into it uh over the course of a few weeks we watched every single Star Wars movie, um, mostly because we wanted to watch Mandalorian, or at least partially because we wanted to watch Mandalorian and we wanted to like get up to date, but also because for some reason we said we were going to do this like when I was doing the GREs. I think we were talking about how bad that last Star Wars movie was. Yes. And I think one of us said, well, now that they're all out, why don't we watch them all in in order of episode number? Which, um, obviously, we hadn't done because not all, quote-unquote, all of the movies were out. So we did. Episode 1 to episode 9. Yeah, we watched them all in sequential order um, from 1 to 9. There was no Clone Wars. There wasn't a Rogue One. There was no Solo. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's it's just, it's just that's too much. Yeah, I don't we skipped really... all that. Um, we have seen them. I've seen them. I think you've seen them. I, so. I've I've seen those spinoff movies like once, okay. and that's all yeah. I really need. Um, <laughs> and you know, before before we really start talking about the movies, just like last week, Disney announced that they're making ten new TV shows. Yeah. about star wars and i just you know <laughs> that's great that's great and all but um it's a little too much it, I that's, got that's, disney that's plus was to watch star wars so so uh, anyway i grew up watching star wars as many of us did i watched these movies hundreds of times my parents were like so obsessed with the franchise we even had the films on laserdisc the originals um which okay. is which is as we've noted actually i think the original cut so you yes. were lucky in that you were saved from the uh, special editions exactly um not anymore like i don't even know where to find them uh and... to find to find the original releases you have to track down the 2005 two disc dvd versions of the original trilogy and it's a bonus feature on disc two with the extra features well now you know yeah you heard it here folks um and justin on the other hand you didn't really grow up with these movies like no i mean i i grew up with them in the sense that i was growing up in the early 2000s when the prequels were coming out and uh you know as a as a young boy halloween rolls around and everyone is dressed like darth vader but you got this new guy darth maul and there's a lot of darth maul merch uh there's just so many toys and everything and uh, you know as a child i didn't know what star wars was i i thought it was a toy line i thought it was like a lego or something like that i i really I didn't know because I would go into like any store ever, ever and it would just be, they would have a wall of Star Wars stuff. And um, I think at some point I asked my parents, like, what, what is all of this? And, you know, all my friends at the time were obsessed with Star Wars and they just, that little lightsaber replicas and all this stuff. And so I asked my parents, I'm like, what, what's the big deal? And they said, oh, well, this movie came out in the late 70s and then this guy made two more and 
now he's making more of them. Yeah. And the, the, these are the prequels to the original ones. And I was like, why didn't he start with episode one? And they're like, I don't know. It's a dumb movie that came out in the late 70s. And, and that's really what it was for me. And... For like for me, like my dad remembers going to the movie theater when it came out, like when episode four came out and he was living here in Boston and he was like seeing another movie with his girlfriend and he just like remembered the sounds coming from the theater next door um, and just like all the explosions and stuff and was like, I have to see that movie. And I think he saw it like a couple of times and just became really, really into it. Um, which I can but, respect. I mean, certainly at the time, there really wasn't anything like that. Yeah. Um, but again, for me, my association with Star Wars was just one of confusion. And then everyone telling me that it was the greatest thing ever. And I just, you know, I just couldn't care at that point. And yeah. I remember seeing um, episode one. And I remember liking the pod race thing. And then the rest of it, I just didn't care about. And I, I saw two and three, and I didn't care. And then it wasn't until I was in high school that I saw the originals. And I said, oh, those, you know, they're fun. Um, they're but fun. I, you know, Star Wars is one of those things where everyone I've met that loves Star Wars saw it as a kid. And everyone I've met that uh, either is ambivalent or anything other than love saw Star Wars for the first time when they were not a kid. So I've never seen it because they refuse. Or they just don't care. I mean, I've got a coworker that's like, yeah. I, I've got a coworker that's like, you know, maybe if I was at someone's place and they put it on, I would watch it, but I don't feel compelled to, which, yeah. you know, that's, that's fine. Yeah. So I'm not going to like, we're not going to pretend that the, we're the first people to talk about Star Wars, um, even on a podcast, obviously, but we are coming at this from two very different perspectives, and we just thought it would be fun to take a critical and not so critical lens to the franchise and just like kind of talk about what we noticed coming back to it for the millionth time, as and as like mid to late twenty year olds. Um, Versus, like, especially the prequels, like, seeing them as children and, like, thinking about how they've aged and, um, like, what we thought were big deals at the time and what are not so much big deals now. Um, so, yeah, let's start. So, the prequels, just to briefly go over the plot of these three movies, what we're going to do is, for each trilogy, we're going to discuss the plot very briefly and then we're more going to be talking about what works, what doesn't stylistically, you know, from a, a director's standpoint, just the production, weird choices like that. Um, it's kind of foolish to be dissecting plot holes in Star Wars, considering it's never really made any sense to begin with. It, Star yeah. Wars just it runs completely on convenience and contrivance. And the less you think about it, the better it is. But once you start to think about it, it really quickly falls apart. And that applies for every single movie, I think. Uh, but the prequels, they came out from 1999 to 2005 and tell the story of Anakin Skywalker, I suppose. But it's a little mystery, kind of who the main character is throughout these movies. But just to briefly go over, episode one deals with a Jedi master named Qui-Gon and his... Uh, 
where they call him Padawan. I don't his, know if he's technically a Padawan, but he's definitely his underling. Yeah, it's his trainee, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they go to investigate a trade dispute, and violence breaks out. They end up fleeing this meeting. And they go down to a planet named Naboo, and they meet this weird alien named Jar Jar Binks, as well as a senator named Palpatine and their queen named Queen Amidala. Mm-hmm. And they rescue the diplomats and politicians in this raid being conducted by the trade federation and escape to a planet called Tatooine on Tatooine. They meet a young boy named Anakin Skywalker and his mother who are both slaves to an alien and they wager their freedom and parts for their ship to get back to their, uh, the capital city of the Republic named Coruscant Anakin wins the race, and he is freed, but due to negotiations on the deal, his mother has to remain a slave and stay on Tatooine. Anakin is brought to Coruscant because he has been speculated to maybe be a child of prophecy that is going to basically restore order to uh, the galaxy one day. And the Senate doesn't vote on any action, and the whole gang of characters that you've come to know eventually go back to Naboo and they fight the evil army during which Qui-Gon dies and Anakin blows up a big ship and the day is saved and Obi-Wan later takes Anakin as his uh, trainee. So then episode two comes along and it's years in the future. Anakin's now a teenager of sorts. They never really tell you exactly how long it's been, but he's older He's older. Um, he doesn't look anything like the child. He looks nothing <laughs> like the original Anakin. <laughs> and there is an evil Jedi named Count Dooku who has been building an army and tried to kill Queen Amidala, whose real name is Padme. It's the oh, same guy as Saruman in uh, yes, The Lord of the Rings. It's and Christopher also, Lee. Christopher Lee, I also recently found out that he was like a spy during the Second World War. And, you know, it is interesting to note that he was in Star Wars and Lord of the Rings at the same time. Those were two of the biggest uh, media, you know, film franchises of the early 2000s. So he was double dipping, which is pretty cool. So Obi-Wan tracks down the assassin that tried to kill Padme, and he finds out that the Republic is building their own secret army, which he had no idea of. And through that, he tracks down Count Dooku and is kidnapped. Meanwhile, Anakin is falling in love with Padme, despite the fact that in the previous movie, there was definitely a large age gap between the two of them. Yeah. But now, magically, they're kind of the same age. Yep. And, and he's much taller than her. Right. She She's aged maybe three years. He's aged like 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. And partway through the movie, he goes back to find his mom and finds her murdered. Yeah. And... and he, uh, Anakin vows that he's going to be able to save people from death, which is a really on-the-nose foreshadow for the next yeah. movie. Uh, so then Anakin goes to help Obi-Wan, and they both get beaten by Count Dooku, and he runs away. Anakin and Padme get married, and then the Clone Wars break out due to this conflict uh, between Count Dooku, and the movie ends. And then episode three comes around, and it's the very end of the Clone Wars, like the final days. And Palpatine 
is now the chancellor of the republic due to the previous one kind of being a lame duck and he is taking his wing uh taking anakin under his wing while obi-wan is fighting kind of the last battles and going against the the general of the evil clone or the droid army and palpatine starts to kind of manipulate anakin in a few ways and Anakin has visions of Padme dying because he got her pregnant and apparently she's going to die in childbirth. And Palpatine says, well, I can fix that for you if you just become evil. And so Anakin just decides to become evil and Palpatine orders all the Jedi killed and Anakin murders dozens of children. And then uh, Yoda fights Palpatine and kind of loses and then Obi-Wan fights Anakin and wins chops off all his limbs except for one of his arms and leaves him to die in a lava river and then Obi-Wan and Anakin I mean (laughs) Obi-Wan Obi-Wan and Yoda go off to hide for about 30 years and Padme has two kids and dies in childbirth and then Anakin reawakens in a big suit broken heart of a broken heart and (laughs) he's in a suit of armor and his name is darth vader yeah and the movie ends and then he screams no he goes no yeah (laughs) padme's dead um yeah that's that's a very brief synopsis of (laughs) very brief only like eight minutes no not really i don't know well but so you know when we were writing this down i mentioned that the prequels are so convoluted that when you're trying to distill it down to the main plot points, I really don't know like what is considered essential or not. Yeah. I think you asked me recently, like who is the, like the main character in episode one. And I had to think about it. And then like, I don't know if it was, you told me or I realized it, but I was like, I guess Qui-Gon, like he's in the movie the most. You said Qui-Gon. And then I found out, I, I looked at uh, screen time totals for the whole cast, and Qui-Gon has the most. It's, I don't know, throughout that whole film. The best just... part of the prequels. Liam Neeson is a great actor, in my opinion. Well, so that's that's the thing that I have with Star Wars as a whole, right? Is they get some really good actors and then give them no direction. So you have a guy like Liam Neeson, and he's a terrific actor, but... As Qui-Gon, I, I couldn't tell you what his character is. I couldn't tell you his personality other than stoic. I think we have these moments where he's like, like I think of that that scene where he's talking to Anakin about Metachlorians and stuff, and he's like a real big softy. And I think that's like really sweet. Right. But you only get like the one scene with each of these moments. True. You get it once, and for the rest of the movie he's just kind of staring in the distance and kind of mumbling and you know meanwhile you also have Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan yeah another great actor he's he's terrific and this is young Ewan McGregor this is like right after train spotting and he's great but again the direction is just kind of like be stoic and like that's kind of it um and angry he's very angry yeah and i think that's for obvious reasons i but... think that's because he's young yeah um but it's it's it just feels like a wasted potential 
Um, and you know, that, that applies to Christopher Lee as well. Like I, Oh yeah. That guy. Would, you compare Nothing. his performance from Count Dooku to what he does as Saruman, you know, just talking yeah. about movies at the same time. And it's just like, it's not even trying. In... Yeah. It's night and day. He just is like, I forgot he was even in that movie. That's how like little because, impact it had on me. Because he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. He, he goes to a boardroom meeting with a bunch of bugs and yep. then he just kind of walks menacingly it's like they got christopher lee because they know he's a very iconic imposing figure with a great voice and then they just did nothing with him yeah basically um yeah but that that applies to star wars as a whole and we'll talk about that in the other trilogies of kind of wasted potential um but we want to talk about some of the weirder aspects of the prequels that yeah. 20 years on have not aged well at all. Right. Yeah, I'm losing my voice, so give me one second. Well, um, so I think I think the first one is the rampant racism throughout the prequel movies. Um, totally. A lot of these alien creatures in, with CGI are like thinly veiled racial stereotypes. Uh, yeah i mean people often talk on the internet about those two guys that like open the movie open episode one they're like two bug-eyed aliens and they have like clearly like asian some asian accents and are like yeah exactly extremely racist stereotypes very strange yeah those are the trade federation guys and and to me they read like when you see old cartoons made in World War II and they show kind of like a bumbling Japanese soldier type guy exactly. yeah. who, who speaks broken English and is always, he's just like making mistakes left and right. That's how yeah. they read to me. Exactly. And at that point, it's like, why are they speaking? Why are they speaking English? They, it's If they clearly don't speak the language well, it's like they might as well just have them speaking their own language because it'll like, it would just make more sense because they're speaking to each other and they're clearly from the same which, planet. Which they do in Star Wars. It's weird. It's not like Star Wars doesn't speak their own language. But I, I don't I don't yeah. really know what he was thinking. Um, you have the guy that owns Anakin's parents. He's this little kind of yeah bug. He's he's like a little bug guy with like yep. a, with like an elephant nose. Yep. Uh, his name's Watto and. In the second movie, he comes back and he wears this little hat and he's got like these like kind of sideburn things and he looks he looks like a Hasidic Jew. I mean, it looks like a stereotype of a Hasidic Jewish man. Yeah, it's very, very offensive and weird. And he's obsessed with money and he's a slave owner. And yep. he's like he's extremely miserly. He owns a ton of property. He owns human slaves, but he's also just like the most fickle person with money. But then, but then the way Watto talks, he sounds like kind of this weird Italian stereotypes. He's like, ah, I'm betting money on the pot for your mother. Ah, I'm not taking your Jedi credits for nothing. Yeah, Justin has the best Watto impression on Earth. Um, but yeah, he sounds like, I don't even know what he sounds like. He kind of sounds like an old Italian guy from New York. Well, that's what I mean. I, I, it's, it's like if you take all the characters from um, Godfather and like really ratchet that up. Yeah, exactly. Stereotype. It's just, um, it's so odd. Um, it's very odd. Um, and and then, and then a lot of the, you know, a lot of the 
people of color in the movies generally are in costume, their skin is painted or like they just like are in full on like puppet garb. So you can't even see their face. So that's like, yes, there are people of color in the prequels, but you like they're not technically like they're just the alien. Like they are not allowed to be their own race, which is very, very complicated and strange. And when they are playing an alien, usually they're playing, usually it's a woman of color playing like yeah. a, sex, a sexy alien. Yes. And she's got her midriff out and she's wearing yeah. like a push-up bra. Right. And maybe she is black, but in the movie she's green or she's purple. So right. I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's very problematic. So, And it's it's so odd where you have these overtly colorfully racist character like cgi abominations but then again you have all the humans are directed so flatly like you have yeah. you have samuel l jackson playing mace windu a, a jedi knight and it's samuel l jackson like what does that guy do he's known for like yelling and being really active and just mm -hmm. kind of like very bombastic you know he really owns the screen and yet he just kind of mumbles and walks yeah, he's an old, he's an old member of the Jedi Council, so he has to be very stoic and um sort of saintly and it's just it's really not him. And it's an interesting role for him, but I I am confused why they picked him. But everybody I, knows Mace Windu and he's like you know, he's got the purple lightsaber and he's an icon and that is cool. Well, I I would argue it'd be an interesting role if every other Jedi was not directed exactly the same as him. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. maybe, maybe that would be an interesting role for Liam Neeson. If only Liam Neeson was acting that way or, you know, vice versa, but they're all told to act the same way. And so when your main cast of characters, these legendary Jedi Knights are just like, they're like wallpaper. There's really yeah. nothing to them. It, it really drags it down. And then, you know, you've got this in episode one, you've got this poor kid playing Anakin and he's trying yep. his best, but he's, he's a kid. Yeah. And he's a kid. And there's like, there are weird moments of like flirty tension between him and Padme. And it's very awkward. Yeah. It just, because he's a baby and she's an adult. <laughs> yeah. So you have either actors that can act very well, but are doing nothing. Or yeah. you have actors that can't act. And then you have the guy that plays Palpatine, and that guy is a stage actor, and he can mm -hmm. act, but every mm -hmm. time he's on screen, he hams it up so much. I mean, I love it, but it's also, I think he knows what he's doing. It's it's so over the top. Um, I just wanted to say, there was this moment where Justin had to use the bathroom at my house, and um, there had been a couple times where Justin had used the bathroom in my house, so it was just getting to the point where I was like, every time you come over, you have to take a shit. But then I was like, you know what? If you have to shit, then you can shit. And it was right when we were watching the movie, and it was the exact moment that the weird alien uh, thing... It's like some they... alien camel at, at the pod race track. Yeah, on Tatooine, takes a shit... <laughs> And the exact and, and moment then, I said it. And then uh, and then Jar Jar goes, Oh, please. Yeah, so it's basically like I was like, you if you have to take a shit, you can shit. And then we hear a huge fucking fart sound. And then I mean, it was the exact moment. It was fucking nuts. We should briefly mention the plot though of the prequels and and just to go over my biggest flaws with each of them. 
I think that as a trilogy, episode one contributes absolutely nothing to the <laughs> plot. Uh, they find Anakin, and that's that's really it. Qui Gon doesn't appear in any other movie. He's yeah, he's not even like mentioned basically. So nope, effectively, never again. You, you could have started the trilogy with just episode two of of Anakin already being trained because none of I mean the villain Darth Maul gets killed. Um, it establishes Naboo as a planet, I guess, but it you could Darth have done Maul, that in the second one. Darth Maul is in the first movie for what is it seven minutes? No, six. Six minutes. That's six minutes. The entire time that and five, he's in five of any those six movies. minutes are the final fight. I mean, yeah. Um, it's it's so weak, and then you and go he becomes a fucking cultural icon for everyone our age he's a cool yeah devil he's a cool dude. demon that's why yeah. everybody wanted to be him for halloween he looks like exactly a demon. and he's got the special lightsaber he's got two lightsabers and one it's a big one yep. so people um, like that but so you go from episode one which really has nothing to do with the plot then episode two is just really boring politics and they try some character growth like anakin is like losing and trying to be better and everything um, Obi-Wan just comes off like a complete jerk throughout the whole he film. He does, yeah. But Padme's exactly the same. No no one really grows though. I mean She's like it's it's weird because they give her her cool sexy I'm a fighter girl outfit and then she like has exactly the same bland personality. Right. And then episode 3 basically doesn't add anything because it takes place in like the last 3 days of this war and it's already predetermined that Anakin's going to become evil. Obi-Wan's going to lose him. And if if it wasn't that way because of the original movies that they have to lead into, it's because they literally say, I'm being tempted by the dark side. I want to save this woman from death. And the only way yeah. to do it is by being evil. You are the chosen one. You should be good. It, I mean, it's such basic, basic writing. And maybe that's why kids like it. But rewatching yeah. it, it's so it's so on the nose. And yeah, it I, is. I guess I guess a footnote there before we wrap up the prequels. Yeah, you were mentioning how the love just doesn't work. Anakin literally says, "I'm glad I murdered an entire tribe of like native dwellers," and then and he's like, "I slaughtered them like the animals they were." And Padme is just like, "Oh, Anakin, you shouldn't talk that way." They, have, they don't they don't morally have any overlap they're she, like completely different people she's a senator queen from a high class society he's a slave from like the outskirts like like the slums not only like, that she's like she is a public server and well he, that's that's what i mean i mean yeah. she has she has a government job and he's like basically supposed to be her bodyguard yeah he, he talks about how much he hates everyone and everything and how he yes. wants to be the most powerful person ever and he wants to murder people and how she's the most gorgeous perfect person in the world and if he ever lost her he would murder people and she's just like oh okay i will say if anything that like makes me i wouldn't say love the prequels or even like uh but there there are some cool scenes like the scene where they go to jar jar's you know town um that i don't remember the name of yeah, the Gungan City. The, the Gungan City on the underwater bubble world. That is really cool looking. And like they didn't do enough with it. They kind of didn't. I remember them be, it being in one of the video games at least. I don't know. I, I kind of 
even though it's super corny, I did like that scene where Obi-Wan, Padme, and Anakin have to fight the three weird alien monsters. Like, those were interesting designs, and the fight was strange, but entertaining. Um, Well, I guess that's the thing. I mean, everything you, you bring up... I can at least say that George Lucas was trying to do something different. Like it, yeah. The, pre- the prequels do, for the most part, feel like their own thing. The designs are different. Uh, the planets are different. You know, a lot of it is because what he can do with CGI. But it does yeah. have its own feel. He was trying to do different things. A little more dialogue. You know, an actual mm-hmm. developed romance. It doesn't yeah. work out. I mean, none of these things pay off. No. None of none of these things are executed well. But I can at least say, well, he wasn't trying to make the original three all over again. I, I can at least exactly. say that. Totally, it's a to- it's a totally different feel than the originals. Um, it's it's more, especially for the time, it was a lot more modern. The originals now they came out from 1977 to 1983, and in comparison, these plots are a lot more direct. Uh, episode 4, originally just titled Star Wars, then retitled Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope, is the story of a young boy named Luke Skywalker growing up on Tatooine, which is a planet we're now familiar with, uh, longing for adventure, and he later finds it when a droid he buys has a message for an old man named Ben Kenobi. And Luke later finds out that Ben Kenobi is Obi-Wan Kenobi, who's been hiding out on the desert for the past 30 years. And they go to rescue this princess and recruit a smuggler named Han Solo and his co-pilot, which is a giant alien dog creature named Chewbacca. And they go to fly to uh, the Princess Leia's planet of Alderaan and later get abducted by the Empire. And they find out that the princess is on board. They rescue her. Obi-Wan fights Darth Vader so that they can flee, and he dies in the conflict. Luke later blows up the Death Star in a space battle. That's episode four. It's so straightforward. I Very love it. straightforward. Uh, episode five, Empire Strikes Back. So a few years later, the Rebels are on a distant base on an ice planet named Hoth. They're found by the Empire and fight off the assault, but the gang splits up. Luke goes to train with Yoda, the Jedi Master. And then Han's crew goes to hide out with his old friend Lando Calrissian. Lando is forced to rat them out because the Empire gets there first, and Han is taken prisoner before Luke deals with Vader and loses his hand, and he finds out that Vader is his dad, and realizing that he shouldn't have left his training with Yoda because he's still weak and he still needs to grow. <laughs> and that's episode five. <laughs> episode six, uh, Return of the Jedi. Luke, Leia, and Lando infiltrate the mobster alien Jabba the Hutt's uh, palace to rescue Han. Luke goes back to Yoda as he is dying and finds out that Leia is actually his sister. And then the gang all goes to the moon of a planet named Endor to fight the Empire where they've set up their big galactic base. And everyone else goes on the ground to have the conflict down there while Luke goes up to the second Death Star, where he battles Darth Vader and the Emperor. Luke is conflicted in the fight, but is able to get through to his father's soul, who becomes good again and returns to his name as Anakin and kills the Emperor before dying. And then Lando, in the space battle, blows up the second Death Star. The Empire is gone, and everyone's happy. I mean, there's a lot of 
other things within there. There's like the weird plant monster that Jabba's gonna feed them to. Right. And but I, I think I think you can at least look at those plot summaries and be like, yeah, here's some auxiliary stuff. Yeah, it's, I mean that is what happens. But it's not you know, whereas the prequels, it's like, I don't know, the 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 whole time they're like walking around uh wherever yep and just looking at things and talking about things yeah you're getting introduced to this universe in the way that you didn't really in the originals right he's really trying to like expand upon like there's all these other planets and these other creatures and like it doesn't make much sense to the story but when you look at it the originals really have maybe two or three planets in each movie it's not much (laughs) It's true. I so, mean, they yeah. didn't have any money. Like, that's well, that's what the it thing. Is. Yeah, it's, it's very small sets, matte paintings, models. Yeah, it is. It's cutting costs where they can, and it's really charming for that. I think um, it's like, yeah, we're gonna go out in the desert and we're gonna put this guy in a, a gold metal suit, and he's just gonna walk around for ten minutes, and that's gonna be how our movie starts. Yep. And there's a dragon um, skeleton. Right. And you're like, oh, what is that? And now we know what it is. Some now of that magic is. is gone. But a, a um, lot of a lot of the best parts of the early Star Wars were what was implied. A lot of the technology is kind of like broken down. Like like the Millennium Falcon, the Han ship is like I, I doesn't Luke say like, oh, it's a piece of junk or something. Yeah, he's like, This is a piece of junk. Yeah, and everything just looks kind of lived in. Um, totally. You know, you you have... There's a part in episode five where uh, Vader hires a bunch of bounty hunters to try and track them down. And you look at all these guys and all their armor is like chipped, the paint's coming off. And, it's very, uh, the, like, I think it's of the time because the... the you know the originals were made in the late seventies, early eighties, and it's it's very post apocalyptic. Like the technology is, it's kind of like the precursor to like, uh, steampunk, if you will. Like it's very Mad Maxian or yeah, it's kind water of cobbled, yeah, cobbled together. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's so- all it's the metal has rust stains, and it's like, you know. It, it's it it has wear, right? And it it feels a little more believable because the prequel had a lot of spaceships and a lot of technology, like holograms and stuff that just kind of worked on on almost like a magic belief. It was the prequels had a lot of stuff that was leaning more towards fantasy than sci-fi. I would yeah, say, yeah, totally. I yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, but you know, when you think about it, Star Wars was really one of the first sci-fi. Yeah, films to show a world that wasn't either utopian or like a dystopia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about two thousand one, and everything's all clean and sterile. Or even um, George Lucas's first film, THX one one three eight, which I would argue, well, first of all, it's got a much lower budget, but that movie, compositionally, I would say the cinematography is. A whole of lot better uh the way the shots and the ambiance are portrayed but he was going for a different thing and it definitely feels a little derivative of brave new world or 1984 or even 2001 
and it it kind of plays into that old sterile everything is like white and perfect and clean no and, this is not that except in the cloud yeah. city the cloud i guess and in the weird transport ships everything's white and clean but uh, right and and that's kind everybody of who's point. not in the empire is dealing with the scraps you know they're just trying to get by right luke luke's little like car essentially his like land speeder is like this beat up old thing that has a ton of paint missing and like the engines going out on it and that's because they're living on like this just nowhere planet and yeah. they're mining they're they're farming moisture because they live in the they're, desert it's a yeah. moisture farm not only that i tatooine isn't technically in the empire's bubble is it it's isn't it outside no and and they say they say in the prequels when they go there that it's not part of the public it's it's just kind of this like it, it's just way out there it's it's beyond uh the reaches of a lot of stuff yeah, so they don't have the luxuries that a lot of the worlds that we see in the Empire do. Right. It, so it that that lived-in aspect feels cool, and I think that contributes to Luke's journey because he starts out as this kid, basically, and by the third movie, he is a Jedi Master, and he's got a cool lightsaber, and yep. he's got a cool new uniform with all the, all this black and this leather, and he's yep. doing flips yep. and just beating people up, whereas in the first one, I think he used a lightsaber for two minutes. He didn't even fight with it. He just kind of took it out and... Played with the ball. He, he played with the little gun ball. He took out his spear and played with his ball. Exactly. <laughs> well, an old man and a dog watched. And... um yeah, Luke has a really good progression because he he fails a lot. He 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 fails pretty much every time until the very end. And even at the end he fails. He can't he can't so, beat Vader. Something we didn't know um until we were watching these movies again was so you you've probably noticed if you've seen the movies a lot of times like Luke Mark Hamill looks very different between episode 4 and episode 5. Well, Justin let me know that he actually got into a really bad motorcycle accident, right? Yeah, motorcycle car. I think it was a motorcycle accident. And he had to get reconstructive surgery in his face. So he looks a lot different. I would say older even. Um, you know, he's yeah, not his, like the perfect jawline. Yeah, he's not the perfect pretty boy that he is in the episode four because, you know, he's had this really intense accident. But it actually, you know, it adds to his growth. And you because it's physical, you can see how he's changed and he's becoming this, like, young man. And he's not this, like, little boy from Tatooine anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's re-watching them. That's one aspect I think they do very well. Um, I would argue that Han and Leia as characters, they don't really grow that much. Han is a smuggler and he doesn't really want anything to do with an empire bat. You know, he doesn't, he's just kind of trying to make a living. He, he doesn't care about good versus evil. Um, and he only gets suckered into it because he sees the video of uh, Leia and he's like, wow, she's hot. And that that's... Leia is, she definitely develops because in the first movie, well, 
first of all, she has that weird British accent. Yeah, that, is, that goes away. That goes away pretty quickly when she has her American comrades. Um, but she, you know, when we first see Leia, she is this, like, princess character. Like, um, and I think, like, an, another physical change, uh, something that, like, points that out through a physical change is, like, the fact that in, you know, episode four, she has those, like, cliche classic buns. And then by... Um, you know, episode six, she's either got her hair tied back or she's letting it hang down when she's hanging out with the Ewoks. And she's sort of, I think, like, you know, she spent more time with Han and they're in a relationship that by that point we were supposed to assume. And she, not that she doesn't care, she still cares deeply about, you know, saving the galaxy from the evil empire or whatever. But she's sort of like, I think she's let her guard down in in ways like she's not this like perfect pristine member like public service person like Padme is she's like she's kind of become more like a regular person and is like uh like a people's person because she spent time with not just like political figures Right. I mean, I, I still feel like in episode six, she just doesn't have, like, I don't know what her motivation is other than beating the Empire. Yeah. Uh, Han was actually supposed to die in Empire Strikes Back. The reason why Han has absolutely nothing to do and doesn't even really have many lines in Jedi is because he just, he didn't want to be there. Harrison Ford was just like, I'm not doing this. Right. So uh, he he probably suffers the most because his motivation in the last one is still like, I want to get the girl and go home. Like, I don't care. And meanwhile, his buddy Lando is doing like his job of flying his yeah. ship and fighting and doing all the cool stuff. And Han right. is just Lando's like, really become part of this movement too. But it is interesting. Um, just reflecting, I, I guess, especially when we were watching the third one, I was saying, wow, Han just kind of doesn't do much in this one. <laughs> that kind of leads us into what we also realized, and that was a lot of the cool moments about certain characters that people talk about a lot happened in the extended universe. Um, yes. All those bounty hunters like Boba Fett. Yep. It's, it's all books and comics. You know, Boba Fett, who the actor that played him in the originals just died like yesterday, actually. Um, oh, no. Yeah. But like, that's a character he's on screen for like three minutes yeah and he maybe has two lines if that he just stands around but everyone's like oh boba fett's the most amazing character yeah and then even what they're doing with him in current stuff now I yeah mean, he's cool and he has more of a personality but it's like I, well, he's, he's in the guy. prequels too we didn't really talk about that but yeah i mean he is the clone the clone is it's not boba fett it's Django fett but it's like they're all him. Right. And again, that felt like a way of being like, oh, you remember this guy? Remember how cool yeah. he was? And it's like, yeah. well, not, not really, though, because he stood around. Yeah, like, he, he, and then he died. Yeah, and then he died very unceremoniously. Yeah, like, and yeah, he I, I remember. He screams and falls to his death in the plant that eats him alive. I don't know. But I still think, um, as they are, the originals... They still mostly hold up. I, I I do think that the third one kind of ends on a bit of a low note because I was just I was just bored yeah. when we were watching the Ewok stuff. And I know I thought I they were cute. 
You don't really care about cute things. No, because it doesn't add anything. It doesn't. It doesn't form plot. I mean, the whole time they're just sitting around their little campfire. Ewok I... died, and the other one tried to wake him up. That breaks my heart every time. I, I guess. It breaks I... my heart. It's so sad. I just, I just can't care about characters that don't have character. That's my thing, you know. Yeah. I, I'm like, why should I care about these people? So, but for the most part, I, I think they hold up pretty well. Um, you know, I don't know how kids would, and because I didn't see these as a kid, I, I couldn't answer. Them, but like the opening to A New Hope, where they're just walking through the desert for like 10 minutes. And and it's C-3PO and R2-D2 doesn't speak human words. Yep. So it, I mean, they're just in the desert for like ten minutes, and I don't know how the pacing of some of the older ones would, you know, if if it weren't for parents showing their kids these movies, like I don't know if a kid would be like, yeah, this is the greatest thing ever, because there are a lot of cost-cutting ways that they pad out these movies, you know. And I'm not, I don't think that's a negative. That's part of why I like them, because it's not just action constantly, but it is just a little like, oh, that's quaint, you know? I mean, it's like you watch, you're watching the original series of um, Star Trek right now. It's like, that show is freaking weird and corny and kitschy and sometimes very slow, um, but it's entertaining. As an aside, I will say, what I like about the original Star Trek is it's very corny and it's pretty zany at times, at least in its slow pace and, and it's not making sense all the time. They at least try to make this world feel like it makes sense within that world. They talk a lot of jargon and some things just happen out of convenience, but when you think about it, it's like for 1966, their understanding of space travel and everything, like yeah. in this kind of like fantastical universe, I can kind of understand like this person has a role to do and within the laws of their universe, it all works and they're dealing with stuff they don't completely understand. I think that's the interesting thing about Star Wars is yes, yeah. Star Wars is sci-fi, but it's just as much fantasy. It really is. I guess one would say hard sci-fi. Okay, so finally, the sequel trilogy. This trilogy was not directed by George Lucas. He had no hand in it. This is after he sold the company of Lucasfilm and LucasArts to Disney. And this is the result of that. Made from 2015 to 2019. So that is the fastest turnaround of all three uh, trilogies. Episode 7, Force Awakens, takes place 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Stars a young woman named Rey who is orphaned, living on a desert planet named Jakku who's longing for something more, much like Luke was. A rebel pilot named Poe gets abducted by the First Order, which is essentially the Empire, and breaks out with Stormtrooper Finn, and they both get separated. Rey finds Poe's droid and runs away with Finn, who find the Millennium Falcon, and then later find Han Solo. The droid in question has a map to Luke Skywalker, who has gone missing. They then go to Han's friend Maz's castle, 
and they give well ray gets a lightsaber that was claimed to be luke's that he inherited from anakin via obi-wan and they don't explain how it gets there but it's there then ray is kidnapped by kylo ren who is kind of the leader of the first order much in the way that darth vader was the leader of the empire in that he was kind of the acting head but not as far as military went he's kind of like the evil jedi guy whereas there's he's also the spiritual leader kind of right they they have their own military leaders and they have the thing but he's kind of the the force behind it all mm-hmm. and um kylo ren is the evil son of han solo and leia Mm-hmm. who was corrupted by an evil power and now is the head honcho evil guy. Yeah. So Han his, and Finn... His name was Ben. Right, his name was Ben Solo, and then he became Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Uh, Han and Finn go to rescue Rey at the Starkiller base, which is a planet-sized Death Star, uh, which gets blown up. But in the process, Han is killed by Kylo. Finn and Rey fight Kylo Finn is beaten up. Ray kind of fights him to a stalemate, and they leave. Uh, Ray goes to find Luke because now the map is completed due to uh, Poe's droid meeting up with R two D two. Episode eight: uh, The Last Jedi happens immediately after Force Awakens. Ray learns from Luke about all his failings and his theory of the Force and why the Jedi need to end. Ray and Kylo end up developing a force bond where they can talk to each other, and she leaves Luke, who is just a defeatist and wants nothing to do with the current conflict, to try to win Kylo over. Finn and a new character, Rose Tico, go to a casino planet to find someone to break into the evil capital top dog ship, the, the big ship that the force, First Order has to stop it from tracking the rebels because they're using a tractor beam so the rebels can't escape and they're being chased throughout the whole movie. Then Poe is trying to mutiny when Leia gets incapacitated and her second-in-command takes over and doesn't say what her plan is, but she ends up saving the day by doing a kamikaze attack and blowing up the other ships of the First Order. And then everyone comes together at an old rebel base on a salt planet where Luke force projects his ghost and allows them to escape after Ray comes back and she fails to save Kylo Ren, but not after they kill the emperor guy named Snoke. And then Luke (laughs) dies at the end. Episode nine, rise of Skywalker. It turns out the emperor from the prequels, and the originals palpatine is alive even though he was killed surprise and he was never mentioned anywhere else in the last two movies and everyone's looking for him apparently the gang goes to a planet and they go to a burning man like celebration and they find lando who's been hanging out there for the last 30 years and that he was tracking a minion of the emperor but he lost him And the gang gets swallowed up by a sinkhole and they go into a cave in the desert and they find a dagger. And the dagger has ancient runes on it, but it needs to be translated by C-3PO. But he won't read the writing because he's not allowed to because it's ancient Sith evil writing. Um, But then they take him to a planet to get him rewired to read the writing. 
And while they're doing that, Ray by a little by a little ape man, a little ape mouse man. (laughs) And then during that, Ray talks to Kylo and their force bond, and he says that she's Palpatine's granddaughter, even though in the last movie he said that her parents were nobody, but that's because they kind of were, but they kind of weren't. And then they go to the ruins of the Death Star, the second one, which is also on an Endor planet, and they go to the throne room where Luke fought Vader, and Kylo destroys the key to finding Palpatine, and then Rey beats him, but convinces him to be good, but then leaves and exiles herself where Luke had been and talks to his ghost, and he convinces her to go fight Palpatine. So then good Kylo talks with... a image of han solo and then goes to help ray fight palpatine but then ray dies in the fight but then kylo heals her and she uses two and then he dies and (laughs) she uses two lightsabers to beat palpatine and then finn uh, gets a bunch of horses and rides them in outer space and he beats the ships much like lando did in jedi Yes. And then Ray takes <laughs> Luke's and Leia's, but Luke's is Anakin's lightsaber to Tatooine and buries them in the ground. And then she has a new lightsaber that she made. And then she t- tells an old woman that her name is Ray Skywalker, not Ray Palpatine in the movie. Ends. Her lightsaber is yellow? Yeah, it's she yeah. had her staff, her, her cool staff that she was using, and she took okay, off wait. the end of it. And you made... didn't mention the kiss. Yeah, I mean, I there's just so much. Uh, they... They kiss. Yeah, when Ray at the end, close to the end, um, when Ray has like died, Ben slash Kylo Ren uses his force powers to heal her, and then they make out, and then he immediately dies. passes out immediately. <laughs> he faints immediately, falls dead as a doornail on the ground. Um. So those are the sequels. And yeah, um, some of our talking points here. Mm-hmm. I think the first one is the fact that, and Disney has admitted this, there was no overarching plot between all three movies. And you yeah. can say you can it's... say what you want about like how bad the plot and the prequels were, um, or even gripes with some of the original stuff. But at least when George Lucas made those films, he was like, "This is what I want to happen across all three movies," you know. Clear um, that there's no plan, and each movie goes in a completely different direction than the previous movie. Right, and it's just so odd because Disney is like the biggest company in the world. They bought the most successful IP in the world. Actually, that's not true. The most successful, most successful um, IP is Pokemon, believe it or not. But Star Wars is up there, and it's just very odd that they bought the rights to this thing and then literally had no plan of how they were going to make these movies. Um, and then got different directors to direct them. Abrams directs the first and the third one, right? Yes. He wasn't going to direct the third one. They're going to have someone else do that. But because the second one performed under what they were expecting, he was brought back to kind of write the course. I love the um, second one. I know we feel so, very differently about the sequels, but... So, well, I just think... I just think it's as a whole, it's kind of a broken mess. They look good. Yeah. That the acting is better. I mean, Harrison yeah. Ford. Harrison Ford comes back as Han, and he actually has fun. Like he's actually yeah. enjoying himself. Yeah. Um. You have the entire cast is 
Adam Driver. The entire cast is Adam Driver. You have Adam Driver. You've got Oscar Isaac. John Boyega Mm -hmm. as Finn is great. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. Daisy Ridley does a decent job with what she's given. You've got Dom Hall Gleason as the evil commander guy. Um, Andy Serkis plays Snoke and it's whatever, but that guy is like a legend of CGI at least. Uh, You know, he was Gollum. And um, then, I mean, I'm trying to think of of who other... I mean, uh, you've got Lupita Nyong'o as Maz Kanata. Yeah, it's cool seeing Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher back again. Course, I think Mark yeah. Mark Hamill does a great job as Luke. I do too. I think he that's his best. I think that's the best he ever did. I think his him as Luke in the sequels. He's a much better actor. Not that he was terrible in the originals, but it's it's just so clear that he's just um just a much more advanced actor yeah. now. Yeah, absolutely. And those those scenes where he's with Ray um last jedi are great he he just he sells it so well and i know a lot of yeah. people don't like the fact that luke kind of became a defeatist and gave up but i just taken as how it's acted you have so many talented actors in these sequels and again they're given little to no direction i mean i just i can't yeah it's amazing to me that you can make oscar isaac Dorian because he's such a phenomenal actor but he comes off as having yeah. nothing like nothing's going on yeah so seeing, seeing mark hamill actually deliver like a, a very good performance i mean it's not like oscar worthy but compared to everyone else he does a very nice job i, I really liked it oh it was um, great in the first like sort of when in the first scenes of the movie where he you know he has to like stick up to um to Kylo and then he has to run to the plane or sorry to the his ship and like he has this moment with BB-8 where he tells him to run and everything. There's definitely moments in in the first movie where you know you see him shine, but it, he definitely just like falls to the wayside as the movies progress. Well, and that's that's the thing with like every character. And yes. John Boyega who plays Finn has gone on record saying this multiple times. And he said, you know, you develop all these characters, you get some really good actors, and then you give them nothing. Yeah. And in his case, I feel really bad because Finn went from the guy on the center of the posters. Like he yeah. was like he Finn and Ray were like the two main characters. And he was holding the lightsaber in the trailers and on the posters. And, you know, he was a former stormtrooper, and you're like, wow, his character, he's got so much to build on. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of doesn't do anything he yeah he tries to desert like three different times and then realizes his friends are more important which is yeah. great but like you can only do that so many times but you really think that him and and ray are gonna have this i don't know if it's gonna be a love affair but that he's gonna pine for her for a long time and then or, by the second or that they're friends and they've got a connection not even that something yeah and then by the second movie they barely talk to each other and now he has this rose person in his life well the weirdest and that doesn't even work out well and and rose is in the second movie for a little bit and then in the third movie she has two lines and that's it she's she's just not even in the movie it feels so weird that they invent a character that is kind of kind of integral to one of the three plots in the second movie and then just disappears um i know you feel differently but you know i liked in the second movie where they go to the weird gambling planet and they learn about 
like this the child slaves and like that that rose was like a part of this uh uh like slave labor thing and like i sort of felt and the kid and the kid at the end like you you see the little kid who's a slave like has force powers and it's like well how is this going to be part of the movies and then no nope. it's not and and that's the thing it's like i like the concept but they did nothing with it rose gets written out of the movies um go into the casino planet establish nothing they set up they set up a very ambiguous well like people are making ships for the good guys and the bad guys so are there really good guys and bad guys and and kylo ren even says like none of this matters like let's let's start a new he tries to get ray to join him and they try to play this like you know this very black and white thing isn't what it seems but it's star wars and so they can't do something like that like that's too complex for star wars yeah and at the end of the movie they just go back to being good and evil and so i, I will re- say no sorry you go on well i was gonna say so i i really don't care that they even brought it up because they do nothing with it so what's the point yeah they, they brought up the interesting concept and then in the second movie it's like or the third movie it's like they never even did that so yeah again much, i don't much... like jj abrams as a director personally i think he did a shitty job with the um the new star treks and like not that the new i don't hate the sequels i don't at all i actually like them more than most people do but i just think you know it's star wars you expected more or well, like was... i expected more now of star wars i don't Here, know why <laughs> here's the thing that we were talking about recently and i think you know a lot of people hate last jedi and i've got some major problems with it for just things that just take up too much time to absolutely have no payout. But I think the biggest problem with the sequels is their setting. 30 years after the originals, and they look exactly the same. All the ships, all the technology, it's all the same. I think J.J. Abrams starting off Force Awakens as... I mean, Force Awakens is just a rewritten version of A New Hope. And that's not... That doesn't bother me. I don't mind the soft reboot thing. I don't mind it because it was to get... People hated the prequels, so it was, let's get people remember what Star Wars feels like. So I don't mind that, but it really hinders the other two because they can't do anything. It has to be the Empire. They just change the name. Instead of Empire, it's First Order. Instead of Rebels, it's, it's the Resistance. But it's like, why? I thought they beat the Empire. I thought there's a Republic. Well, they they don't they don't talk about it. Leia is apparently a general, but I thought I thought the Republic won. So what's going on? They don't tell you, and it um, just feels like the same things are happening over and over again. I mean, I guess that Ray is the Luke. Ray's the Luke, but she's also the Leia. I'd say I would say um, Finn is the Leia. By the end, all he does is just like <laughs> yell and get into trouble, and that's One like. Thing that the sequels has though have though that the um the other two uh trilogies don't is like intense sexual tension it's really weird it's like yes padme and anakin are falling in love and like they definitely want to like do each other but it's all very pg and like it's all like she's like i love you tenderly and deeply or whatever the hell she says it's like it's such an antiquated hollywood yeah, no. Kyla Ren and Ray when they have their moments of like force talking to each other or even like force choking each other, it is extremely horny. Well, because he shows up shirtless a few times, dripping yes, wet. Yes, dripping 
and dripping wet and he's shirtless and his his nipples are smooth as a baby's ass and she she's wearing like these tight like robes and she's she's in her little hut by her fire like in her bed and she's she's seeing like a wet dream version of adam (laughs) driver and it's and yeah the force choking it's it's oddly sexual he gets up close to her and he like whispers in her ear um they tell each other their fears their greatest fears yeah they they like hug and console each other and, and look longingly into their eyes. They like, do, the, and they're forbidden to touch. Right. I mean, the, the minute they, they touch, touch, the minute they, they touch, they're, they're the the minute they touch, uh, mean old Uncle Luke comes into Ray's room and, and finds her about to make out with no, with the her, they touch her cousin. Life, the minute they touch in real life, he dies. Yeah. No, but I meant in in Last Jedi. He's no, I know. It, that's the that's the like. That's the Star Wars equivalent to being caught with like a porn magazine in your bedroom. Like she's she's about to to hold hands with Kylo, and Luke comes in. And he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" It's like, "Stop that! You can't do that." There's a hole in the wall. He's blasted a hole in the wall. No, he 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 destroys the entire cottage. He he. That's right. He he blows the entire thing up, and he screams. I really like that scene in um. The set in the episode eight where um, Ray goes underneath the island into the weird black hole, and it sort of mimics that. It mimics the scene where Luke goes into the the jungle um, where Yoda lives, and he he like has the fight with Darth Vader, but then he he cuts his head off, and he sees himself under the helmet. But instead, like when Ray is looking for her parents, I guess, in the dark hole, what she sees is only herself, which from what I've heard from interpretations is like, she doesn't have parents and she is like her own parent, like, cause she raised herself. But yeah. then of course we find out that that's, she did raise herself in a sense, but we find I, out I who think, her parents are. Eventually. I think when that scene was done, when that scene was thought of, she probably wasn't aware. Then they're like, no, to be important in Star Wars, you need to be descended from an important person. My last line on, on the sequels is just, they're not bad. They're not great. I, I, think, I think the sequels are what happens when there's no planning. Yeah. And I feel like the prequels are what, ha- are what happens when there's too much planning uh, by, mm-hmm. by one person. Like, like the, the prequels are like one guy... With no, with just nothing but yes men around him, that yes. never tell him this is a bad idea. And then the sequels are just a committee of boardroom executives being like, "I think this is what's going to sell the most toys oh, and, yep. and, and generate revenue in China." You know, and it's unfortunate because again, you've got great actors. I think the films visually are really good. The sound is phenomenal. Um, like they're enjoyable to watch, but again, the second you start to think about them they kind of fall apart and well my my last thing is i just wish for all those actors involved like a lot of the young ones like daisy ridley yeah who who were like 21 when they were signed on i feel bad for them because i feel like they deserved better yeah like they get all hyped up to be in star wars and then it just kind of falls flat so i don't know i just i kind of feel bad for them yeah they're not bad but they're not great oh what i was gonna say was when i when i saw the the last movie 
when I saw episode nine last winter with my last partner, I I was like so excited to see this movie. Um, and then as we were watching it, I was like, we just were laughing. And I was like so embarrassed to have picked this movie for us to watch. Like the first time we went to the theater together, I was like, he's never going to want to date me again. Um I remember so cheesy. I I remember at at the kiss scene. I remember I audibly laughed. And and someone um someone in front of me in the theater turned around and gave me a dirty look, and I I just I I I had no reaction because I was like, "What you you think this is serious? Like, come on, this is (laughs) this is terrible." so terrible he he it's he just faints he, he just, yeah he i mean he's just done he done. just flops backwards it's so cheesy oh it was so sad so yeah we talked about this yesterday but star wars you're not allowed to have love that's the moral of the story the only couple that stays together doesn't the only couple that doesn't try to murder each other um yeah. the dad is a deadbeat and he walks out. Are you talking about Han? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no and one he, he hasn't ever. Han hadn't talked to Leia in like 30 years. The only couple that lasts is Uncle Owen and Aunt what's her name? Oh, yeah, Aunt Beru. Aunt Beru and they fucking die, but they yeah, die they, together. Yeah, they get they get burned alive in their house. And then yeah. Luke finds their skeletons. But they were together for a long time. That's true. That's true. They didn't have any kids, though. So love is a lie is the moral of Star Wars. Love is a lie. Um, only one person of color per trilogy. <laughs> women, women exist as weird eye candy. Yes. Um, Must show skin. Yeah, but not too much. Not too much, just the right amount. Um, okay, so here's my recommendation for, for this okay. time, right? Watch if The you, Mandalorian? I guess. I was going to say, if you want to see some movies with these sequel actors that are mm. good, like that show them acting well, if you want something for Adam Driver, watch Marriage Story. If you want yeah. something for John Boyega, watch Attack the Block. If you want something with Oscar Isaac and Dom Hall Gleason together, you've got Ex Machina. If you just want Oscar Isaac, oh, yeah. watch Inside Lewin Davis. For music, just quickly, a, a new Adrian Lanker album just came out. Um, I haven't listened to it yet, but all of her music is amazing. So thanks for listening. We really appreciate you guys continuing to download and listen and everything please subscribe and rate us on itunes yeah time to eat